Hi everyone and welcome again to Connected Learning TV. This is our second webinar of 2015 and part of a series called Empowering Lifelong Learners by Teaching the Web with our friends at Mozilla Webmaker. I'm John Barraloni, the Community Manager for the Connected Learning Alliance and I'm going to be our moderator for today. So throughout this series on Connected Learning TV, we're introducing you to Mozilla Webmaker, specifically why and how they're intent on teaching the web. And if you're watching this right now, please, please, please take a moment and share it out with your networks. And before we jump in, I'm just going over a few details like we usually do. Today we're getting an inside look at various ways the Webmaker community is helping youth gain web literacy skills. And before we dive into our chat, uh, for those of you who are watching live right now, we welcome your comments and your questions either via the Twitter hashtag TeachTheWeb or via the Google Plus event page. And we're going to do our best to address any and all questions that come our way here in the Google Hangout. And we also welcome you to join and make new friends in the WebMaker Google Plus community. So I hope you'll check that out uh, either right now or later today. So I'd like to give all of our guests here a chance to introduce themselves. And we're actually waiting for one more person, so we'll work them in in case they come in after our start here. So we'll go from my left to right. So Amira, do you want to start us off? Sure. Um, I was busy sharing with my networks uh, about our call right now. Um, so hi everyone, I'm Amira. I work at Mozilla Foundation um, and I help run campaigns and community around Teach the Web, uh, which is a fancy way of saying I really help people learn how to, to use and teach others um, web literacy in their communities, with their families, with their friends, uh, and I do this with people all around the world. Perfect. Thanks, Amira. Next, Laura. Hi, everyone. I'm Laura Hiller, and Amira and I are on the same team at Mozilla. We are the Teach the Web team. Um, and like Amira, I work with communities around the world helping people make uh, curriculum and programming and educational events to level up what they can do with the web and to sort of share those skills with others. Others, so we really believe in participatory learning and connected learning, of course. Um, and I'm super excited to be here. Perfect, thanks, Laura. And last but not least, for now, Meredith. <laughs> Hi, I'm Meredith Sums. I'm the associate director at Mouse. And uh, while not technically part of Mozilla, we we feel like we're you know distant, long lost cousins, <laughs> and have been working with Mozilla um, to develop a series of uh, curriculum that aligns to the web literacy map um, that we released this summer, and have been piloting with our national network of Mouse Squad um, schools across the globe, uh, mostly U.S. <laughs> but um, yeah, lots lots of fun stuff. So I'm excited to share. The uh, you know what we've learned so far from uh, building out that stuff and sharing it with our community. Happy to have you here, Meredith. Thanks. So to kind of kick us off, and again, we touched on this a little bit in the first webinar, but hopefully um, we're reaching people who may be hearing about Mozilla WebMaker for the first time, or maybe hearing about different pieces of WebMaker like web literacy clubs for the first time. So I was hoping that between the three of you here, could you give us kind of an intro to what are web literacy clubs? You know, 
in terms of technical definition? And then also, what are some of the different formats that those kind of events can take? I'm sure it's not the same exact thing every single time in every single place. So whoever wants to jump in. Uh, sure, I'll jump in. Um, so uh, before getting to Web Literacy Clubs, I thought it might be good to kind of define or, or talk about how we ended up actually getting to Web Literacy Clubs here with Mozilla and WebMaker. Um, about three years ago, we started, or over three years ago, we ran three of them now. We've done Maker Party uh, throughout the summer, which is a months-long campaign to help individuals around the world teach the web. Uh, so in this time, we ask people everywhere to get together with people they know um, and teach them whether it's something simple or small or complex uh, and do this within an hour, a day, a weekend, um, continuously. Uh, and we've seen people everywhere do a variety of things, which is fantastic. Um, and from there, we've really uh, talked to our community and, um, you know, we've seen that they want, uh, they want more. They wanted um, uh, places where they could find and become web literate from beginning to end. They wanted packages. They wanted ways in which uh, they could get together and really scale uh, what they were doing. So I know for some of our community um, in India who's been running lots of uh, events, um, he wants to be able to uh, take what he has and what he's teaching and give it to event attendee who goes on and to run his own events afterwards, uh, he or she um, themselves. Uh, so we really got to this idea where we're like, how do we create um, something concrete for people to be able to scale? Um, and we looked at our partners and people we were doing stuff with, like Mouse, uh, who were doing these things so very well. And we decided to kind of work together with these people to um, create and package this uh, club program to have them go further and be able to scale and actually uh, take what they're already doing and amplifold it. So that's kind of how we got to clubs and what we're really looking um, to be able to actually start as a stepping stone. I'll let you guys jump in now. <laughs> yeah, no, I, that, that was like a really nice summary. I feel like you planned that. <laughs> you totally didn't, I know, because you're so smiley, and when you're planning, you're much more focused. Anyways, I'm babbling. Um, yeah, like like Amira said, um, you know, when when we've been running maker parties, um, we sort of help people run events that are very participatory in nature, and we empower and support people no matter what it is they want to do. If they want to make a website from start to finish, great. If they want to make, you know, if they want to write one line of HTML, super. If they don't even want to play with code, they just want to, you know, have a chat on Twitter. Um, that's part of teaching the web too, um, because the web literacy map definitely covers things like collaborating and sharing and all of these kind of digital skills that we need in this day and age. Um, and so, you know, we were really trying to support people making whatever it is that they wanted to make. Um, and with the clubs initiative, what we're really trying to do is take all of those passions that people have um, and pull them together into, into ways, like series of activities and pathways that other people can then duplicate some of those passions. Um, so clubs is, is really about you know, finding ways for people to have long-term engagement within their local communities um, to help people design this program on their own, so lightweight community participation, um, and, and we really want all of these local groups that are all over the world meeting with people, teaching the web, making things together, playing with technology. Um, we want them to be globally networked and connected because we learn so much from the things that people try out um, in their different communities. And so, for example, um, you know, 
Amira mentioned that we have a, a pretty strong community in India. And in India, there are a lot of places where there is not great internet connection. Um, and out of Maker Party, we were able to develop an entire package of curriculum that is specifically for people in offline envi environments, offline or low-fi, low-bandwidth environments. And this curriculum is helping people who, who don't have internet access learn about the web because the fact is that someday they are going to have internet access. You know, it's going to be stable everywhere at some point. Um, and another thing, uh, you know, about helping people sort of take the things that, that they're passionate about and, and bring it into the global community is that in this way we can really um, sort of help people develop from a leadership perspective. Um, Mozilla and Webmaker in general is really about community participation and in, in order for us to remain a project that is valuable to the world, um, having all of those different voices feel like, you know, the things that they are saying are, are both heard and, you know, sort of worked into everything we're doing is, is really important. I'd say for Mouse, we're excited to be a part of this, not just as a co-designer of the, the concept, but also, you know, we have this, this network of youth and educators who are, who've been working on, you know, web literacy, you know, activities and, you know, doing, meeting around their Mouse Squad program in the schools, like doing this work and thinking about how they, we can um, use this group both to, like, pilot some of the stuff happening at Webmaker Club, but also to serve possibly as, um, you know, experts, like youth mentors to come out and go to their communities and start up a webmaker club that the mouse sponsors or comes in to, you know, co-teach and um, thinking about building that, um, you know, there's so much stuff on webmaker.org already and I think this initiative will help organize that and bring more people in to you know, post what post what's happening already, and you know, build off of each other. So, I think you know, for Mouse, it's just it's exciting to just kind of be a part of this and uh, think about you know, adding more from what we've been doing, you know, to what's happening in the open, uh, open stuff. Mouse is so much like Mouse Squad only. We want to build more that's that's all around the world. This is and introducing uh, Meredith's dog Charlie, who. Uh, is now officially a part of this <laughs> uh, webinar. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. The more the merrier. <laughs> so that was an excellent introduction. And I have one question that's kind of out of my own personal curiosity. Are you finding that the majority of these web literacy clubs, that these webmaker events are geared toward youth only or are you also seeing these events being helpful for adults who maybe want to learn the same knowledge or skills or want to build out you know their own networks or their own maker skills or is it always you know kids only adults keep out or are adults you know also welcome in the space as learners Oh, I want to jump in and say, hey, we're all kids at heart. <laughs> um, so yeah, adults, yeah, we like kids, we like to play. Um, so clubs are not just about kids. Uh, web literacy is not just about kids. Uh, we live in an interesting time where the web is pretty new. Um, even though it's about 30, what, 25 years old now, um, it's still pretty new to most people. Um, and so Mozilla actually does have um, a professional development program. Actually, we have several professional development programs. Um, and 
I can attest that Mouse just this last weekend was training teachers on how to teach the web. Um, so we're very much, we are very interested in people from all walks of life and all age groups um, getting their hands dirty and, and making stuff with the web and we're eager to, to help people do that no matter where they are or who they are. Um, and the even though the web is relatively new, I think we're seeing um, this whole movement kind of arise right now of uh, there's a lot of threats to the web and we're just starting to learn what they are and what the potential future of it uh, could look like and there's a there's a group and a movement associated with that of a bunch of people that are um, you know they feel passionate about the web they love it they use it it's Im embedded into everything they are and they're starting to stand up to fight for it um, which is fantastic and it's a truly moving event and they know that in order to fight for it they have to actually start teaching others about it that not only are they um, we always say users of the web that they actually need to actually be makers of the web and they need to be creating and shaping the future and it can't just be up to a few conglomerates um, it needs to be about us and there's a very strong um, Laura is giving twinkly fingers which means she's agrees uh, there's a very strong group uh, that's only actually further growing um, and they're together providing this movement that allows uh, people like them to start taking uh, uh, movements to teaching around the world, adults and people of all ages. I know we see youth being taught, we see um, seniors being taught, we see adults being taught, families, parents, uh, all the time. Uh, so it's definitely a very diverse group that we're looking at. This this summer, Mouse um, with Mozilla led a, um, our first Webmaker Institute um, and we invited um, mouse educators from from the whole network to apply to participate and we selected 14 to come out um, from California and New York and all over and they spent two sort of intensive days uh, helping us pilot the the activities and lessons that we were going to be distributing on webmaker.org and it was it was such an amazing experience um, for me as an educator of educators <laughs> to just sort of let see them have fun with with stuff that you know you you might expect like if you ask a group of of uh, you know 30 and 40 somethings to run around and make silly noises and pretend to be a uh, you know a, we have a game called tag tag revolution <laughs> where um, we give them fake tags like spin you know there's an open spin tag and a closed spin tag and if you're between them you have to turn in a circle and it, it becomes this like wacky HTML dance party and um, you know seeing adult educators uh, have fun and be ridiculous and you know learn uh, you know web making concepts in, in an you know analog way and it, it's amazing and I think it's almost it's almost to me more important, you know, teach one teacher, you, you know, you're going to reach way more youth than doing a single young person workshop. So I think changing, changing minds around um, what's, what's possible online for young people, teaching, teaching adults about what's possible for young people online and um, helping get rid of some of, some of the sort of fear around what happens to, um, you know, Content online that youth are sharing it was it was a huge part of how that initiative was um, important to Mouse. Um, you can you can imagine that you know all these stories of hacking and this you know Sony and North Korea and like this 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 just world of like just scary stuff that people are you know the, the predominant story about what's happening online. We want to help our 
educators know that it's their opportunity to help young people share positive stuff online and build um, identity around creation and making and you know talking back to the web and all sorts of uh, you know great ways for them to engage. So I definitely um, echo what you guys are saying. I mean, educators, adults. Yes, <laughs> like such a critical part of this web literacy movement. Um, you know, hashtag Teach the Web. <laughs> I, I would um, I would actually jump in to say that um, something that I think is that's really interesting about the way that Mozilla does, um, you know, train the trainer or professional development, and also I know the way that Mouse does it. Um, you know, we are teaching educators and technologists who want to teach. Um, how to teach other people and we're using the same learning methodologies that we use with young people and it works really well uh, Meredith mentioned tag tag Re revolution um, and she's you know was talking about how funny it is to see a group of educators get into it and I've done that activity with with all different age rates I've done it with adults um, I've done it with business people all from you know the corporate environment uh, I've done it with youth and um, you know people people internalize so much about the web from activities like that I mean it's it's a simple crazy dance party um, you know with a with a certain set of rules and you know if you if you wanna if you wanna uh, take a look at it you can go to webmaker.org and search for tag tag res, uh, revolution or just go to mouse.makes.org um, but in any case you know using the same methodologies to to teach both youth and adult really really sort of reveals the way that we in the 21st century can sort of shift the dynamics of teaching and learning um, you know we don't live in a world where the teacher is the only authoritative figure in the room and needs to stand at the at the front of the classroom and tell people what to do um, I, I don't honestly believe that learning was ever supposed to be like that, but it's something that many adults are used to because of just the way that our formal education system is set up. Um, and I think that it's really, I think that it's really important to sort of think about that and reflect on the way that our behavior um, influences the behavior of our youth, um, and and you know being respectful of of the position of power that we. Uh, as adults have just because of that. Also, I love Tag Tag Revolution. It's super fun. <laughs> like I kind of want to. I want to try playing it online. You know, like if we could do a Google Hangout, we should. Meredith, we should brainstorm on that one. We absolutely should. <laughs> That's such a great idea. Um, you would just change the tags to stuff you could do in a Hangout. You know, like wink. You know. <laughs> um, one of the other uh, things I thought of um, when you were talking, Lara, just um, there, there's both the importance of helping educators feel more confident, you know, doing web making and you know feeling more confident just with the with the web and and what it offers and you know beyond coding, but it's also um, critical to help educators think about how to incorporate this stuff into subject area learning. Um, and you know, so yes, we should be helping people teach how to code just on its own, but also how to how to teach you know an English course where web making is is integrated within it, um, or you know math or really any any area. One of the things that one of the greatest parts of um, the Webmaker Institute and also the the Webmaker the mini Webmaker Institute we did last week um, with the Hive. Um, 
is having them brainstorm using um, you know using competencies with within the web literacy map to to hack and remix um, lesson plans that they've been teaching for years. Um, we had one idea a teacher teaches um, Romeo and Juliet and you know what if they used the x-ray goggles tool to um, remix the New York Times homepage to be you know the front page the day after Romeo and Juliet you know meet and <laughs> like what we you know and having the, having that opportunity to like be creative and um, be teaching not just the you know the outcomes they're they're trying to reach in there you know around web literacy but also their subject area outcomes um, is it, you know it's just such a great thing to see them being creative in that way like incorporating this stuff into what they're already doing. Those are some great examples, Meredith. And actually, that's a, a great segue, too, because we've had a, a couple questions coming in from the audience that are more about kind of the technical aspects of maker parties, one of kind of the big events that um, WebMaker community puts on. And one of the questions I think that would be nice to kind of help cue that up a bit is I know for WebMaker maker parties, it's not just a, okay, sign up, you're going to go do something on your own completely and call that a maker party. There's a ton of resources available, a ton of support available, so I was hoping you guys could kind of walk us through that process of starting a maker party and, you know, the you'll never walk alone feeling that the WebMaker community brings. Um, I'll pipe in here. Uh, I love maker party. It's like are my favorite time of the year. Uh, mainly, well, I love party. Um, but it's a time when we get our audience together and our community and people all around the world that are just driven by this passion to teach or driven by passion that they care about the web um, or and just really want to do something about it. They want uh, to take what they're learning or to learn more and they know that by teaching and gathering a group of people together uh, they'll be able to facilitate both their knowledge as well as other people. So um, the first step to Maker Party is identifying that, hey, I want to do this, whether you have skills or you don't. Um, we find people have skills and they want to teach others, or some people want to gather a group of friends together and learn in a in group environment, which we very much encourage. Um, so gathering people together, understanding what type of event you want to do uh, is key to establishing a Maker Party, but then actually accessing um, our boatloads of resources. I know that uh, Laura and Meredith have both pointed to webmaker.org where you can find kits like Tag Tag Revolution and tons of other stuff uh, to get them together um, and you know teach parts of the web literacy. Uh, Maker Party isn't necessarily about doing it all, it's about understanding um, parts of how they all fit together and really remixing and understanding what you're doing and how you can maybe um, add a different spin to the things you do every day or really getting a, a bigger glance and sharing that knowledge out. Uh, so we've got an entire team uh, that's dedicated to helping with that. We've got resources, but most importantly, uh, there's a massive community of people and partners and organizations that are doing this uh, all the time and all together around the world. Um, so I know friends uh, and people that have said, hey, I want to host Maker Party. I have no idea how. And a friend not far from them, uh, or someone they don't even know not far from them, comes running in and says, let's do this together, or let me bring some people to this, or I have my family I want to teach. Um, maker Parties are all about bringing those people together, as well as you know, just having that community by you that's really supporting uh, and doing something larger. And I know 
um, it's really been a stepping stone for people that want to do more uh, or just use it for um, professional careers and advancement and understanding and seeing how these things are all interrelated towards them. In terms of um, support mechanisms that we have for people, um, you know, there's about a thousand different ways to get involved with the webmaker community. Uh, we're pretty much all over the web. And we have discussion forums, we have mailing lists, uh, we do stuff like this, so like webinars so that you can learn about it. Um, you know, and from, you know, from the Mozilla team, anybody out there who's interested in this stuff and feels lost and needs help, you are more than welcome to send us an email and you know, use your searching skills to, to kind of look around. You can pop into IRC if you know what that is anytime. Um, I think probably the, the quickest way to get help is either to use teach the web hashtag on Twitter or to go to discourse.webmaker.org. Um, which is our discussion forum, and it's a place where a lot of our community is hanging around. Um, they're talking about all of the things that they're working on, and you know they're really, really friendly. This community, for whatever reason, we attract attract people who are eager to mentor other people, eager to help other people out, um, and everybody is welcome. And also, just just to jump onto that. Um, I think there's so much, um, there's so many activities and, and really well written out activity descriptions um, available on webmaker.org that, I, I mean, and I, and I feel like it's something about the maker party concept that I wouldn't worry too much if you're going to start your own maker party to like feel like you have to have an, a, like a total expert in the room. I think like part of it is being a learner that's also, that, that's leading an event, you know, saying, okay, we're all beginners here. Let's let's just give this a try, <laughs> you know. And maybe you don't know what this tag means, or maybe you know the 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 site that you're that you're remixing has has stuff on it that you've never seen before. You know, you take that as an opportunity to, as a group, try to troubleshoot. You know, it's not about getting it right. Like it's it's about experimenting. Um, you know, just just you know teaching a young person or teaching a teacher to um, search for. Uh, the stuff that they're, you know, the stuff that they don't know online, like just go to W4, you know, W3 schools, and you know, there's your, there's your answer. You, you don't. Um, there's, there's a lot out there to support you, even if, um, you know, you're somewhere remote and and, and a, a webmaker mentor is isn't like immediately accessible to you. Um, I, I think you still have a lot of opportunity. I think um, you know one of one of the things that I run across quite a bit is sort of a misconception or a misunderstanding about what we mean when we say teaching the web or web literacy. Um, you know, web literacy is what we're calling the ability to read, write, and participate on the web, um, and that that doesn't necessarily mean being able to code. You can write on the web without being able to code. You can go to YouTube and you can put in a comment or you can go to Facebook and, and make a status update. Um, you know, and reading the web, you know, you can, if you can put a URL, which is the www part of a web address into, into your browser bar, um, you know, you're navigating the web, which is one of the competencies of the web literacy map. Um, and the, the participating part is really about embracing the opportunity that we have in this day and age to 
connect with and talk to and learn from people anywhere in the world. Um, so right now I'm sitting in Germany. Uh, Amira's in New York. Meredith is also in New York. John, where are you? Southern California. Southern California. We're spanning two continents right now. Um, and, and the web is the thing that makes it possible. So, um, you know, if you, if you feel like, oh, coding's not for me, that doesn't mean that you can't, you know, get in, dabble a little bit, experiment. Like Meredith said, this is not about getting it right. We're not trying to create a bunch of, you know, web developers or software programmers or anything like that. It's just that we live in a technical world. Uh, the world is digital. It's gigantic, um, even though sometimes it feels really small, like when you're sitting in a room with people from California and New York and you're in Germany. Um, and and the, the skills that we need to, to interact with each other on that human level in this day and age, they've changed because we're not sitting in the room together. We are using web technologies. And, and so learning about how you can participate in that, that greater world, that's what web literacy is all about. It's not about HTML. It's not about JavaScript. It's about learning how to connect with people all over the place. Just to, just to give a, an example to what you're talking about, Lara, one of the activities we um, worked on uh, that's up on WebMaker is called um, Cracking the Code. And <laughs> um, we have lots of horrible, horrible puns throughout everything we do. So you're just going to have to bear with me. But Cracking the Code is uh, an activity that focuses around learning how to, how to search online and how to um, evaluate whether the, the resource that you're looking at is, is legitimate or not. And the way that we set that up is we say, okay, um, is the, the creature called the Kraken real? And your task is to search the internet for articles and websites that talk about the Kraken, Kraken with a, with a K, and um, decide by evaluating three web, web, web sources um, whether the Kraken is, is a true, a real creature. And what you see is when you're searching, you'll find you know, sites about mythology, you'll find um, crazy Bigfoot websites where it's like, I found the Kraken, you know, in the Bering Sea and like um, with these like grainy, you know, pictures um, or, or, you know, and, and the task is to look at these sites, like see, you know, when was the site written? When was it last updated? Um, what's the design like? How many ads are on the site? And use that information to help you decide whether it's a, a legitimate source or not. Um, and you know that that kind of uh, skill, like being able to evaluate what you're looking at and make educated decisions about whether you know this site is is giving you tr you know real information or not, it isn't something that is necessarily intrinsic to your ability you know, when you first go online and, and having a moment to to think about that and to you know do that work is, is such a huge part of web literacy and so the the skills like you're saying are um, you know they're, they're tech they're their code but you know and this this sort of soft skills of the web as it were um, and actually, while we're kind of on that train of thought, so particularly coming out of Web Literacy Club events, are there any other, you know, very specific, particular, um, sounding like Liam Neeson from taking particular set of skills, uh, soft skills or 21st century skills that you see kids gaining 
from being involved in these kinds of events, not necessarily just the technical skills of getting better, you know, with coding or with a particular piece of technology. What other things are they learning that maybe might not even be immediately viewable, you know, within the event? Maybe it's later down the road they kind of realize, oh, I'm better at X, Y, Z. Don't be shy. I mean, I'd, I'd say anytime you have, uh, you know, folks learning in groups, like, mo you know, most of this, the Maker Party stuff isn't a sort of one-to-one, -one, a young person at a computer, you know, working in a silo all by themselves. They're, you know, designing and, and problem solving and um, doing all sorts of work in, you know, in small groups and having the opportunity to, you know, start an event thinking you're you're not good at something, and then to end an event feeling more confident and feeling like this is something I can actually uh, learn more about and something I can do, and you know, something I can become an expert at. I think you know is a huge part of the you know the softer skills of of web literacy. Oh, we lost Laura, <laughs> but um, I mean, yeah, I, you definitely see that when you when you uh, you know, see learners take something apart and and start to understand it. It's that, um, you know, just that that confidence and uh, you know, building that self-efficacy stuff that is just a huge. Um, I find that uh, when you talk with people and have a big group of learners, just the willingness to kind of want to learn and want to be able to impact and have a change. Um, in the stuff you're doing and perhaps change it and alter it yourself is, is huge in terms of the skills yeah. to really wanting to do it as long as well as um, you know collaboration uh, and being willing to, to participate participatory Laura's not here she'd be proud I dropped that um, but but be able to, to jump in I always find that in in group settings um, and with people that we're working with daily like one of the greatest skills and assets I see is curiosity so being curious to to change something on the web, to not be afraid to um, break something, uh, as well as you know, think that you have that impact to actually to do something different. I think curiosity is one of the most undermined things that we have uh, right now, and and really have a crucial impact in our ability to disrupt and actually create and build together. And uh, without curiosity, we would never have broken things and fixed them and made them better. So. Uh, crucial skills to actually working together and doing things for uh, people when they're in group settings. And while we're on the topic of maker parties in particular, this is actually a question we had from Annalise Martinez, both on uh, Google Plus and Twitter. So Annie, thanks for sending in your question. So Amir, are you finding that um, people who are asking for specifically maker party support are usually asking for you know different kinds of content to teach or different kinds of lessons to teach or is it more about the style of how to teach in a maker party environment what do you find people need more help with usually oh hundred um, percent we have uh, well the thing about maker party and this audience in general is we have people coming from a variety of backgrounds um, so some are uh, very knowledgeable in what they want to teach. They want to teach privacy in their kids' schools, um, and they don't know, uh, you know, they don't know if they have the skills to be able to the one be the one to teach it. 
so there are people that are looking for leadership skills and development in order to become a better mentor. Uh, but there's a large group of people that uh, have put up their hands and uh, said, I want um, to teach, but I don't know where to start, and I don't know what to use, and I don't know what to do. Um, and I don't know what tools to use. I have no idea in this ethos of millions of things online and tutorials of what's the best way for my audience um, that they can learn. So we definitely uh, try to gather those together um, and uh, be, like direct people in ways that make the most sense for them and maybe their audience uh, is more keen to do and stuff like that. Um, so there's, if you go on webmaker.org and search things like online, offline, group, um, you know, girls, you'll see tons of segments for people to be able to teach as well as like mobile and app and stuff like that. Uh, but our uh, web literacy clubs that we're developing also help direct people in terms of specific modules that they'll be able to use specific to the web literacy uh, map and skills that we've all defined already. So if you are interested in um, privacy, uh, there's going to be specific subsets of things that will really help uh, evolve um, and teach with that, you can, you can use to teach with that group. Um, so it's definitely a thing we've heard uh, people ask about a lot and we're trying to help adapt and mold our curriculum to be sh better shape and um, you know for people to take grab and teach that exact skill and know what material to use because uh, right now there's there's so many out there and it's hard to actually filter through and find them all. Welcome back Laura. <laughs> Oh, you know what? I mean, if you're going to talk about web literacy and you don't fall off of the webinar, then it just doesn't count. Somebody always <laughs> has to fall off the webinar. <laughs> <laughs> so another quick question, since we're talking a lot about uh, maker parties, that kind of usually brings to mind this broader maker movement. And I see and correct me if I'm wrong, maker parties as kind of a more technical slash web focus, but there also seems to be this broader overlap with the maker movement as well. So I just wanted to see between the three of you how you see the web maker community and the broader maker movement kind of interweaving and working together. I start because um, I didn't mute myself. Anyways, go ahead, Laura. Um, so I think, I mean, I think that the the webmaker community is really passionate about making with technology, um, whereas the maker community is passionate about making in general. So I I would say um, that. Webmaker and the webmaker community um, and all people who like to use technology to make things are actually part of the maker maker community. Um, and I think that people who are are making physical things that they are then sharing on in an online environment are also part of the the webmaker community. Um, I think I think that the, these two movements. They're really not two movements. They overlap pretty significantly. And anybody who's out there in the world making even just analog physical things, if they're putting them online, if they're sharing them with a global community, then they're absolutely part of what we're doing and what we care about. Because um, you don't have to you don't have to be a coder, like I said earlier. You don't have to be a coder. You don't have to be making websites. If you're just sharing online, if you're collaborating with people online, if you're um, publishing tutorials about how to knit 
online, then you're then you're part of you're part of this movement. Amira is smiling really big. I think I might have stolen her answer. No, I'm I'm laughing because I was like, how did you find my tutorials? How to knit online? Um. <laughs> Do you really? Do you really have tutorials? I know I I didn't. It was just a random yeah. example, but that's cool. Um. I at one point really liked knitting. Uh, but yeah, I, I completely agree with Laura's answer. And I also think that um, you know, maker movement is one, coding movement's another. Uh, and there's um, you know, like what we're doing encompasses a broader scope of all of these things. We're saying it's it's not just reliant on composing things with your hands or being able to code, it's the greater movement of becoming um what we call what you stole our answer. No, I'm I'm laughing because I was like, oh. I think we have Sue joining us, and we'll try and get her settled there. Alright. <laughs> um, sorry. So it's the the, the greater um, movement across I, all all I, the stuff. Really, oh. uh, Hello. Go ahead. Keep going, Amir. Alright. Great. <laughs> um. Sorry, I think I've said this a few times. So it's the it's the greater movement across, um, you know, all of combining makers, coders, developers, um, people who care about privacy, um, participation, all of that together, and combining it to be one movement towards like one education. Uh, so I do think they are very intertwined, but I think it adds to the greater movement as a whole. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Sue. We're not seeing your webcam feed, but we can hear you just fine. Oh, man. Sorry about that. Um, let me see what I can do. I don't know why that's not. It's supposed to be on. It says it's on. Technology is <laughs> not working for me today. It really isn't. No, no uh, worries. I'll, I'll, just, uh, I'll just take the, the um, break to sort of interrupt Sue, who is currently coming to us as a CyberLink camera icon. Um, <laughs> Sue, Sue uh, lives in the, UK's, uh, in the UK and she runs actually a couple of different clubs um, in her school and she's a technical coordinator and uh, we sort of invited her because she's been doing a lot of pioneering work around um, bringing things from the Webmaker program into her school and, and really um, like Meredith just being a champion of the, of the work that's going on and and uh, trying to spread the love, and I, I thought she might want to tell us a little bit about uh, her clubs. Yeah, um, well, we're doing quite. We've done quite a few different things over the year, um, over the past academic year, um, and the, the the year previously. Um, we run a code club um, at which we do a variety of different things. We don't stick to just code club activities. We do all sorts of extra things and encourage the children to um, bring their own ideas to the club as well, which is fantastic. And they come up with the most amazing ideas, like um, one child read a, a book, um, loved it so much that he actually turned this book into um, one of those books where you... Um, you uh, decide what you're going to do to make the, next, the story go to the next level, but 
instead of making it a book, he turned it into a Scratch game. So uh, within Scratch, you got to choose where you were going. And I just thought, wow, that is amazing. I never would have thought of it. It's not a book that's designed that way. Um, and um, yeah, that was really, really cool. Um, and then uh, amazingly, we've been running this, um, this pilot scheme project um, to increase maths. Uh, skills throughout school um, and uh, another child was so enthused by that and the fact that she could create her own things in Scratch and she'd got these skills that she'd, um, she'd brought about that she decided to make her own version of this maths tool that we've been using and has set up some not just one maths game but a, a, like a dashboard of maths games in Scratch so um, yes much pride lies with me for that for, uh, for um, having them in my group that's just amazing um, but um, we've also run two uh, web maker parties sort of in our own rights we've got other people that have seen how great it is that um, they now would like us to do maker parties for them as well and um, so really beginning to sort of spread the love and um, and it's just so nice to to um, to share all sorts. We're also run a digital leaders club as well, um, which is a fantastic way of enabling children to um, to be able to. I mean, I'm sure lots of you have heard of digital leaders before, but um, it means the children can actually take responsibility for the technology in their classrooms, the technology um, and how it's used within their learning, um, and. To, uh, to kind of take charge of it over the teachers as well, make sure they're doing what they should be doing with it and trying to teach it and use it as much as they can. Um, and then obviously um, we're uh, starting to incorporate the web literacy um, program into everything as well with the new web uh, maker clubs. Um, but I've been teaching web literacy um, using Mozilla tools for uh, for some time now and um, using uh, Meredith's wonderful, wonderful Tag Tag Revolution which she knows I have a lot of love for. Yay to Meredith for that one. Um, and, um, and also another one of uh, Meredith's, we used um, X-ray goggles um, lots of times actually, the kids absolutely love it, to get the kids to hack into the school website and, and then they turned the, um, the teachers into the Simpsons and the Muppets and, and all sorts which gave lots of fun and uh, yeah, they enjoyed it. So yeah, loads to be gained from it. That's actually, um, because you mentioned the tools and I know that John wanted to ask a little bit about um, some of the tools. I, there was a question floating around um, as to like whether or not the tools would always always stay the same. Um, and what I would say to that about open source software in general is that as technology evolves and shifts and as communities evolve and shift, especially communities of practice like our community, um, the tools have to evolve and shift as well. Um, so the webmaker tools will not always remain the same. They will grow and they will change and they'll be able to do new and different things. Um, and I think webmaker.org won't always stay the same. Um, as Met Meredith mentioned earlier, there are lots and lots of resources. Um, but you know, one of the things that the clubs initiative is trying to do is to thread those resources together in a way that's really you know helpful and valuable to people. And the reason that we're trying to do that is because at the moment um, it's kind of hard to find what you're looking for. It's kind of hard to find, or or not hard to find, but hard to stumble stumble upon. Um, and so, you know, Amira and Meredith and Sue and I and other people in the webmaker community were your, we are your resources and we're happy to point you to awesome curriculum and great projects and activities that people are doing. Um, you know, but in the future we really want the web presence of webmaker.org to 
to help people find these things on their on their own, help them remix things, and then help them bring a, bring them into the community in a way that you know is is sort of empowering and helpful as opposed to frustrating. Um, because when you can't find things you're looking for, it can be very frustrating, I know from personal experience. Um, and so we're really, you know, we're trying to level up, you know, what, what our tools are, what webmaker.org is, what our community is, and, and everything that, we've, that we want to do. We, we want to evolve as technology evolves. And as people grow and learn and change and need different things, then we want to do the same. So, kind of hard to believe, but not necessarily that hard to believe. But in our webinars, time usually runs out really, really quickly, and we're about 10 minutes out from the top of our hour. So I wanted to shift this into thinking maybe a little more chronologically and talking about, okay, what happens after a maker party or a webmaker community event? How do you continue to keep, you know, the participants connected to one another in case they want to follow up or deepen their passions and interests or what they've been working on? How can you help those learners actually display what they've been working on? Um, how do the relationships between the adults and the youth in the space continue on beyond an event? Um, and maybe this question is more for uh, Meredith and Sue who have actually done the, the hands-on event. would love to hear from both of you on that. Uh, so, oh, do you want do you want to start, Sue? Oh no, you can. No, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, with the the maker party that we called the the Webmaker Institute this past summer, um, you know, we we're lucky in that we you know Mouse has these uh, you know the Mouse Squad program is this very established you know over a decade long program and so some of the schools who sent out their their mouse coordinators to come to this event they they have mouse as a, a course in their school or an after school club or you know any any other number of ways that they run um, our program and so you know unlike a, a, a sort of drop-in maker party the these things are ongoing um, learning experiences and so when you know they're accessing the tools and they're they're you know doing little maker parties in their school environment they're they're able to do longer term projects with these youth because they're not drop in like these are kids that are part of a club and i think shifting from maker party to like web liter web literacy clubs is like is the way to expand that um, involvement and to deepen the pro the projects that they're building so let's say you have a maker party to get people excited about your web web literacy club and then they come back a week later like the next day even and start to build longer term projects that you know can you know they can actually go deeper into and, and display and be something that they're really proud of. Um, I think it is just like a total critical uh, next step for for this movement. Um, so for the you know for the summer institute, we we did this two day maker party and then we've been checking in with them over the year and seeing how they're applying it in their schools. They're they're doing their own PD sessions with other teachers in their school. Their students are doing PD sessions for teachers in their school. Um, we're they're sharing back their remixes um, over webmaker.org and through Mouse's own website. Um, so it, yeah, it's it's been it's been a great project to to be following. 
Yeah, we, we're pretty similar really in that um, it, it's key to have something afterwards. You, you can't run, um, run a, a makeup party. Well, you can, but it's, the makeup party, the purpose of it, I feel, is for igniting the beginning of something or reigniting um, the, so, someone's love for something that they may have forgotten and showing them what tools are available for them to be able to go on and do more and showing them that computers aren't necessarily what they think they are and what the web isn't necessarily just what they think it is. It's been used so much as a consumer tool without actually being, uh, being a tool for sharing and actually this past year has been such an eye-opener for me to realize that humanity is a lot better than I thought it was. There's so much sharing on the web, it's amazing um, and, and it's really um, teaching as a whole and, uh, and the, the Mozilla Foundation and the attitudes of everyone that make that happen it's, and, and the web is allowing that until, um, until kind of that was around, we were really losing the ability to share. Everyone was getting very, very much about keeping everything close to their chest to protect themselves. So it's lovely that that can enable it. Um, but uh, going back to the, the what after, um, we also did a, a two-day um, maker party. Because we're based um, in, in a school, the first day was very much about the curriculum. Um, it was very much about how we could use the tools in our curriculum to show the teachers and the children um, how much fun it could be, how accessible it was, and actually how it's not as scary as the teachers think it is. And, and that, I think, was the biggest thing that we overcame with the curriculum day of our maker party. Um, and since then, the teacher was saying, um, but I didn't have enough time. Um, you know, we, we started doing this activity, and, and then we ran out. We didn't have enough time. So well, that's fine. It was only meant to be a taster. You can go and do it. Plan it into your curriculum. Do something about it. You know, make it, um, make it link across the curriculum to, uh, to meet your targets. Um, and then the second day was much more like a science fair, a technology fair, um, and lots and lots of different fun things. We had um, uh, a variety of, of coding um, activities, a variety of um, making activities such as animations and all sorts of things that the kids could do at home just as easily as they can do at a club. Um, and the timing of the very first maker party that we did was very, very deliberate and it was just before the summer when the kids were going to be spending loads of time at home and the idea for me was um, to, to get them to go away over the summer and utilize that time to come up with their own creations and see um, just where their imaginations could lead them. So, and it, and it really did have that effect and it's amazing, the children that have shown an interest in, um, in computing and IT and in um, coding on the web and sharing and whatnot, who I really wouldn't have linked to it before. So, um, yeah, it, it's, it's not the ones you necessarily would have thought it, it being. The Maker Party enabled that, most definitely. So, and then, sorry, just to go, uh, go back to the, the what next, it's, it's part of our curriculum now, um, as well as the clubs. So, that's, that's that, <laughs> simple. <laughs> That's great, Steve. Thank you for sharing all that with us. So we are almost out of time here, but I'm hoping we can sneak in kind of one last question where we kind of go down the line and hear from everybody. Um, but if you had just one resource that you wanted people to absolutely check out, you know, today, this hour, you have to see this right away in regards to maker parties, in regards to learning about more about web literacy, being part of the community, 
what would it be? And going to put you guys on the spot. So um, we'll start again, my left to right. So Amira? Uh, super easy. I would say go to party.webmaker.org slash resources. Um, and I can share this link after as well. But there you'll be able to find uh, event guides if you're doing a small to medium to large event that really helps people through if you've never done that before or even if you have. Um, as well as resources for uh, starter kits to do if you're doing offline kits. And honestly, there's just so much information within that that should really help direct um, people at all times if they ever want to do anything related to Maker Party or events or teaching. Perfect. Thanks. And Laura? She kind of cheated because she said a big, huge collection of resources with <laughs> one URL. Um, I would say, if I can't have party.webmaker.org slash resources, I'm going to go with the community. Um, if you go to discourse.webmaker.org, that's where the community hangs out and discusses things. That's where you can find help. That's where you can share stuff you're working on, find collaborators, and Otherwise, talk to real people around the world who are doing this. Awesome. Thank you. And Meredith? Here we go. Um, I'm gonna, since we've talked about like where you can go to find all the resources, and we talked about where you can go to find peers doing this work, maybe what I'll share is like a first make. Um, and I think a really good just sort of, if you're going to just give this stuff a try to begin with, I would start with x-ray goggles and um, an activity you can do on your own or uh, you know really quickly with uh, youth or other learners is um, Hack the News, uh, which I'm trying to get the URL for it. Um, doo -doo -doo. Um, here we go. Well, it's very long. I'll, I'll put it in the chat and maybe um, you can share it out, but if you search for Hack the News on webmaker.org, you'll find it. It's a quick uh, take your newspaper, add x-ray goggles to it, and um, put your own content there. And it's it's a good way to start um, a maker party that's focused around the coding side of web literacy, uh, just to get people experimenting. Perfect. Thanks, Meredith. And Sue? Okay, well, for, um, I would choose uh, researching other people's maker parties, see what things they've done, what activities they've done. So um, I guess uh, or one-stop shop would be Twitter for that, I guess, um, asking people the question, put it out there. It's a, a good workplace to go for, uh, for anything like that. So, yeah, probably Twitter. <laughs> Great suggestion. So all of those resources that just got mentioned along with a video recording of this conversation we've had will be up later today on www.connectedlearning.tv and we'll keep the curated content coming uh, on that archive page and hopefully you'll be able to share it out uh, with your peers and your networks who aren't able to catch us live today. So this wraps up our second webinar of this January series and hopefully you'll meet us back here uh, same bat time same bat channel Thursday next week at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern. And we're going to be chatting a little bit, kind of what we're getting into today, about how to get involved in the WebMaker community. And like Laura mentioned, there are a ton of ways to do it. And so hopefully we'll be able to cover as much as we can in the 60 minutes we're going to have with Lucy Harris from Mozilla. 
So hopefully, again, you can keep chatting via the Teach the Web hashtag on Twitter, and you're going to go and find and make new friends in the WebMaker Google Plus community. And if you found this conversation you know, helpful or inspirational or had some really great moments or questions, please share it out with your networks again. And if you'd like to know about more webinars that are coming up on Connected Learning TV throughout 2015, check out again the website www.connectedlearning.tv and sign up for our email newsletter there. So thank you all again, our guest speakers, for their awesome energy and insights, and hope to see you all online later. Thanks, Thanks John. John. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.